It's the Sean Pittman Show, where we talk about politics, sports, entertainment, and business. Here is your host, Sean Pittman. Good morning, good morning, and welcome this great Sunday morning to the Sean Pittman Show. And a special morning because we got a new resident in Tallahassee. The number went up by one. Uh, is it one or did you bring people with you? It's just one. <laughs> okay, so the number of residents in Tallahassee grew by one and a special one. That today we've got Courtney uh, Gaucher, right? Definitely. I've heard it like five different ways, but it's Gaucher, the new athletic director at FAMU. Uh, welcome to the Sean Pittman Show, Courtney. Sean, I appreciate it, man. I'm excited to be here with you today and uh, excited to be here in the city of Tallahassee. Well, we're happy to have you. And, and listen, you come to FAMU with a ton of experience uh, in major college sports. I mean, your last job, uh, you didn't have to leave orange and green, right? I, so I at, you were at the, the what they call the U, but those of us here who uh, uh, wear garnet and gold. We 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 got a U too. All right. So it, the, the U doesn't mean anything to us. But uh, you spent quite a few years there, some time there. But you've been, you know what? You're and what people are saying about you. They say, man, he's so young. Uh, you're young in in age, but man, you're an old guy and athletic director uh, in college sports, right? No doubt. There's no doubt about it. You know, it's uh, I've been blessed to have some really unique experiences in intercollegiate athletics and. Um, I'm passionate about it, you know, to be able to help young men and women learn and grow uh, and to really reach their ultimate life potential. Uh, that, that's what it's all about. And so I've been fortunate to be at some uh, great institutions like the University of Miami in particular. Uh, but we're excited about transitioning that leadership here to Florida A&M. Well, you know, uh, the athletic director at Miami, Blake James, a good friend of mine, been friends for years. Uh, you know, when I talked to him about you, when I heard you were applying for the FAMU job, you know, he he didn't want you to go. In fact, I didn't think he. I don't think he thought, fam, you could get you. Man, he uh, he definitely made it tough. Um, but you know, it uh, it was a unique opportunity to really uh, sit under his tenure and to be a part of a special transition there. Uh, when I came to the University of Miami, my focus was really on facility and infrastructure. Um, a lot of people think that their facilities were really second to none, and, and the reality was that uh, they had really been avoided for probably 20 to 30 years. Wow, and wow. So being a part of that uh, really reinvention of, of the U brand physically, uh, and so we built the $47 million Carol, Carol Sofer indoor facility there and, and really uh, launched a, you know, a major campaign into uh, facility infrastructure and technology initiatives. Wow. Well, listen, uh, we're glad to get you away from that that horrible, horrible place. <laughs> I, I, I joke in everybody. I mean, I grew up in South Florida. I can't I can't get away. I wouldn't be able to go back home if anybody heard me say that. So uh, but but Courtney, uh, great training ground, not just University of Miami, but but all the places that you've been. You started young, man. I mean, you were still in college Absolutely. when you were doing your first job. Right. Yes, sir. You know, it, it's one of those things. Uh, and I joke about it. But when when you're at a small school uh, in Jacksonville State University is where I did my undergrad. Uh, when you're at a small school, you get blessed with more responsibility, not more money, but more responsibility. <laughs> and, um, you know, I really took, you know, kind of things in, in literal, you know, and, um, you know, as an undergrad, I was doing our director of football operations and uh, literally I graduated and my first project was a $47 million stadium expansion project. I'm 21 years old, had not built anything in my life, and I'm going, I'm of in charge of this. Of course, right, right. <laughs> so, um, you know, it was almost, you know, a trial by fire, but, um, you know, we got through it, and we really 
uh, did some things at that time at that program, which is at the FCS level, to really build a foundation. You know, a couple of years later, after building that facility, they played in the FCS national championship. And so, being able to take those experiences and and, and bring them here. Uh, and then I had an opportunity to uh, serve as chief operating officer at Middle Tennessee for six and a half years. And I uh, did some special things there with Kermit Davis, our basketball coach at the time, who's now at Ole Miss. But uh, we had a couple of NCAA tournament runs, uh, 2017 in particular. I think everybody's still mad at us for busting their bracket with Michigan <laughs> okay. State. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, really, you know, did an overhaul with their athletic department and, and you know, and, and brought $40 million in capital improvements to the to the you know, to the table there. And so we're excited, you know, and, and again, I've been blessed and fortunate to, to work with a lot of special individuals um, and learn and grow in that myself. So right. uh, we're excited. Well, that's good. You know, you mentioned Michigan State. Uh, you and I have a mutual friend, Ashton Henderson. He would yeah. not like to hear uh, that you're, that you beat up on Michigan Michigan State in any way, uh, but 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 if it's true, it's true. It that's, is. That's you just know, it. Those are the facts. <laughs> so you know, I got to tell you, my our producer Jamie Van Pelt, who's always here, he was he was excited to meet you as well, just because as he, he read through uh, your tenure and your time and all that you you have done, um, I think the excitement is building in Tallahassee once people get to know um, uh, who you really are and where you've been. So you you hit the ground running here, um, and, and that's a that's a great thing. Tell us, you know, take us behind the curtain a little bit. What do you what do you hope to accomplish in your first uh, three months on the job? Yeah, so you know, as you really look at the the job and the opportunity, there are a lot of challenges that we face. Uh, some of them have been extremely public. Um, you know, as far as our fiscal responsibility and, and our deficits that we ch- that we face, um, FAMU's not those problems are not mutually exclusive to FAMU. That's a na- those are national problems that all athletic departments across the country are facing. Um, however, how we control the narrative and the best practices that we employ can also help us as we start to address some of those challenges. And so those are some of the things that I bring to the table in my tenure um, is really, uh, if you look at some of my previous stops, when I took the jobs, they weren't that attractive. Okay. And and so this isn't new to me uh, in my time and my tenure uh, at all of my stops at Jacksonville State in 2009. We had a very similar um, academic issue uh, that we face here at FAMU where we had a highly ranked football program and we couldn't participate in postseason. Uh, I made a commitment to myself that as an administrator, that was going to be the last time that I failed my student athletes. And so um, so we look at those challenges in that situation and bring that to FAMU. Um, You know, revenue generation, that's something that every athletic department is facing. Um, if you really look at my tenure, you know, we've done that. And so we've got to go out and, and really earn the trust of a lot of our constituents here in Tallahassee. But then on a national scale, we've got over 80,000 alumni around this country. And the FAMU brand is, is really second to none when you talk about historically black colleges and universities. Well, it's, 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 it's in the definition. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's in the dictionary. Absolutely. HBCU, FAMU first. No doubt. <laughs> absolutely. So, Well, you know, I, I like to hear you say that. I mean, public perception is everything. Everything, right. I mean, you talk about the brand of FAMU and um, and, and certainly um, all the things that you mentioned. I mean, if you, if you pay attention to athletic departments, you're right. I mean, they all at, at, at a certain point has those they have those kind of issues. And it takes a leader, the type a type of leader that not just been through it, but recognize that, you know, all, all, all the problems, while they may look the same, may not may not be uh, they, the res- what 
what brought them there may not be the same thing, right? right. I mean, um, same problem, maybe different reason, right? Absolutely. And I think so. How when you t- when you think about FAMU and the brand that's already there, what about the perception of Rattler Athletics needs your attention? So you know, and I, I kind of break this down. You know, brand drives perception, perception drives choice, right? Okay. So when you really talk about people identifying with the FAMU brand. You know, it's celebrated nationally. Again, it, it's it's one of those brands that you see all across the country. I mean, you could, I would almost weigh that brand, you know, compared to the U logo or the Penn State logo or the Alabama A. Uh, the FAMU brand is identified in, in those type of uh, circles. But I think one of the narratives that we have to really focus on is, again, making sure that it's a, it's a brand that is not here today from a popularity perspective and then relegated into some of the deficiencies that we've operated in. Um, and I say that, for an example, you look at our football team. We probably had one of the best football teams in the state of Florida this year. We Absolutely. Nine Absolutely. and two. That's right. Um, and, you know, that is something to celebrate in itself. And, and really, you know, we, we took a note from uh, Central Florida. We, we named ourselves national champions because in our eyes, our kids really won uh, the Black College National Championship. That's right. That's and, right. you know, the unfortunate piece of it is we were on a postseason, self-imposed uh, postseason ban because of uh, previous sins of, of really, you know, student athletes and administrators before before these kids. And so that's the disheartening piece. However, we're going to capitalize on the opportunities and the unique abilities that we have to be successful. You know, our brand, we're going to roll football and the success of football into basketball and into our baseball programs, all of our programs, um, and then carry that into next year. And then we're not going to only do it athletically. We're going to our goal and our philosophy is to win in the classroom, to win in the community and to win on the competition surfaces. And so as the leader of that organization, we have to set the tone and we have to make sure that we are living by that narrative. And so we're excited about that piece. Thank you for that. And in case uh, any listeners that are just tuning in, we are talking to Courtney Gaucher, the new athletic director at Florida A&M University. And uh, he's taking us to school a little bit. um, And and we appreciate that. But we're excited about it because we know that uh, FAMU and the athletic department, you know, there's been a perception problem out there. And uh, and there's been um, an interest in seeing some stability there. And, and, And I think I like that about your background and your age, I think um, um, that those two things together merging with uh, an organization that's hungry for leadership um, I, I think you're going to be a great great fit so listeners uh, stay tuned because we, we're, we're having a, a great conversation with Courtney we recently had Coach Willie Simmons in um, just last week actually <laughs> to talk about the great great season 9-2 and two. I mean you just talked about it a little bit um, we know that you oversee all sports uh, for fam, you talked about how you're expecting the basketball team to have a, a great um, season as well. But uh, putting aside what we've been through as far as the self-imposed sanction and all of that, how critical is a winning football program in bringing in revenue, booster money, uh, et cetera, et cetera? You know, it, it's it's paramount to really what we want to do. Um, you know, uh, there's an, uh, an athletic director, uh, Debbie Yao, uh, and she had a saying that you want to be the best in the class in the class that you're in. And so really when we look at that from a football perspective, you know, 
that brand, that name ID, that revenue generation um, capability is, is second to none. And so we have to make sure that we're giving Coach Simmons and our football program the proper resources to be a championship program. And so challenging our base to give at a championship level uh, is one of the, the one of the uh, I guess you could say charges of the new athletic director and to really garner that base and, and galvanize that interest back into the program. Um, but the success of football is really, you know, it's going to be the driving force of that. Um, and again, it's, it's almost infectious. If they're successful and we are graduating our student athletes, that carryover will also bleed into some of our other programs. And I fundamentally believe that if we can get the machine of FAMU athletics running on all cylinders, look out. <laughs> I like yeah. that. I like that. I want to shift gears just a little bit, right? Because you, because I got a, I got a football mind in in the station today, y'all. So I, I got to ask this question: Where do you see college football in thirty years? You know, it's it's interesting in a, in a very very. Will it be here? <laughs> I, I think it will be here. You know? uh, let me get straight down. I don't want to bury the lead here, but I say it. I say it, Courtney. You know, because look, this this is not football 30 years ago. No. Right? I mean, the the kids are stronger, faster, bigger, and the equipment's better, but I don't know that you can prepare for a 250-pound um, whatever coming at you in light speed <laughs> and, no, no. And, and knocking the mess out of you. No doubt. I, the game has definitely changed. And I think annually you will see, you know, different changes. But I do think the game of football will be here for a long time. I, I think you may see it in different forms. And there's so many factors. One, there's the pay-for-play element. Um, That's right. That has really made it, in my opinion, challenging for a lot of athletics department because you can't really anticipate the depth of that. Um you know, you have obviously the, the industry in football in particular is very litigious uh, because of all of the, you know, post competition effects, you know, mental illness, injuries, all of those type of things. And so uh, I do think the game will have a different form, um, whether you say it's, it's slowed down a little bit or you're seeing some of the rules come into play now with targeting and all of those type of things to prevent uh, some of the after effects, but I, I certainly think that the game will be around. Well, that's good to hear, and, I, and you and you're gonna be here long enough to to see that through. So uh, <laughs> I, I might have to. Hopefully, I'm here, and I'm a I'm gonna call you about that, right? Absolutely. <laughs> but but staying on switching another gear, I want to. Um, you know, the HBCU experience is different than anything in anywhere. I don't care what you're doing; it's just different. Um, how do you compare? You know your experience, particularly at University of Miami, and you know, but but coming in from from someplace like that to an HBCU, I can't imagine that the same things that work for University of Miami will work for FAMU, and I could be wrong about that, and and that's not a negative statement. It's just that you know the culture is different, and and it, and there, it might take a different kind of massaging at University of Miami than. At FAMU, I don't know this. I'm asking you. So great question. And this is the first HBCU that I've worked at. And uh, I did not attend an HBCU. So it is a new look for me. But to be frank with you, I don't really see a, a starch different other than resource. Um, when you really talk about the University of Miami, it was really a melting pot of cultural diversity. Yes, it is. And That's so right. that was one of the things that really intrigued me about this position here at FAMU. 
uh, was because Miami embraced that. I mean, it is one of the unique things that made their brand special. Um, and, you know, they didn't ha- they didn't run from it. Now, uh, the resource piece is where I would say is the, this is the greatest gap. Um, and so at this level, um, at the FCS level, not just historically black colleges, and universities, um, you're at a lower resource institution. So you have to be a little bit more creative in your thought processes. You have to make sure that your efficiencies are maximized um, and that you're employing the best practices because there's not a lot of resources to waste. Um, and so I would say that's the biggest difference um, at University of Miami. You had a few more zeros to work with. Um, however, those zeros were just as important, the, you know, as the zeros that we have here at FAMU. And uh, I think positioning the program to garner resources is, is going to be very key. You know, what guaranteed games that we play in? Uh, if if there's conversations about additional classics, OK, you know, are do they generate the type of revenue that we're looking for and making sure that we position ourselves to do so? Um, everything's on the table. I mean, we're going to go out and philanthropically fundraise, but also, you know, we're really going to engage corporate partners locally and nationally at a level that, quite frankly, I don't know that FAMU's ever seen. Jamie, I got a football mind here, so I got to ask another question. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, should we pay athletes? <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm a little fundamentally divided on this, and I know there's a there's a recent bill, um, but I'll give you a prime example um, where I think the issue um, needs a little bit more depth and clarity for, you know, for individuals who may be a proponents of it. I think that it really convolutes the industry and really reduces the value of an education for young people. Um, because I think everybody's looking at the money grab, but I'll use the University of Miami as an example, which has a perennial brand, right? Uh, a couple years ago, our best year selling jerseys, we were 10 to uh, the revenue that the University of Miami made on jersey sales was $60,000. It's not a lot of money. Right, right. Okay. Right. And so we normally would pick one or two, um, you know, one or two student athletes that have their number represented. And this day and age, you may have three or four kids on the team with the same number. That's right. So now, if you have that jersey sale, who's getting the money? It may be the star quarterback who deserves it, but you've got three other people on the roster with that number. And so they now open themselves up for, you know, who who does the money go to? And so when you really look at that, I think it really convolutes uh, the industry and the purpose of intercollegiate athletics. And so I'm I'm not a huge proponent, uh, but obviously there's arguments on both sides of the house. And I know the state of Florida, uh, from a legislative perspective, has teed some things up. And so it'll be interesting to see. Um, but as an athletic director, you know, you have to kind of roll with the trends of the industry and find ways to, again, find resources to address those gaps. And I think uh, at the FCS level and in the Power Five level, um, you'll see that gap to probably increase because of. Um, mechanisms to pay players and, and those who have resources and those who don't. Yeah, I tell you, it's um, it's something we talked about on this show, and I got to tell you, it's uh, you know the devil's in the details. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 mostly a proponent of having the conversation, and I think California, you know, uh, became the sacrificial lamb here and decided they they were willing to sacrifice whatever uh, to make a point. And uh, and they and it was a big risk. And but what they what you're but what you're seeing is other states are following suit. Um, but I, I you know I, I I think in the end what we may see is that the the NCAA probably should have had this conversation in a serious way sooner than now. 
because uh, this is an issue that needs some leadership. Oh, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And and it probably needs it at the federal level um, um, so that the, the states don't don't get um, unequal here. So that's I mean, but, you know, I don't get paid to talk sports. But <laughs> uh, listen, man, uh, how you like in Tallahassee so far? Man, you know, I'll tell you this. I'm a country boy at heart. <laughs> OK. I'm originally from Birmingham, Alabama. And, um, you know, I have really enjoyed, you know, Tallahassee. And I'll, I'll be frank, uh, you know, a week and a half into it, I haven't been here much. Yeah. Uh, Coach Simmons and I just got back from New York at the National Football Foundation. Uh, right. Ryan, the quarterback yeah. was, uh, uh, he, he got an award up there, Correct. right? He was the, uh, Ryan Stanley was the offensive uh, player. I'm usually player. at that event every year, man. Yeah. You know, that is a long a event it is <laughs> it is too long it takes it takes too much time uh but it's but it but it's great and it's the kids class. and the kids and the coaches that get and the people in the industry that get uh, awarded and rewarded uh it, it's quite touching absolutely it's a first class event and really you know to have one of our student athletes represented in that room and in that conversation um you know it's it's a once in a lifetime experience and so we were excited to go celebrate Ryan uh, and represent FAMU uh, at that, you know, at that event. And so we were in New York uh, the weekend before that. We were in Atlanta. And so uh, part of the fundraising model is you've got to kind of be out and uh, in the streets a little bit. So uh, we haven't spent much time here, but I, I really look forward to engaging Tallahassee. Um, everybody, every, everyone's been, uh, you know, welcome me with open arms and you know, we're just excited to represent our university. Well, listen, uh, we appreciate you and we're glad you came by uh, Sean Pittman show today. And listeners, we thank you for, for tuning in. Listen, we got a new resident. His name is Courtney Gaucher and FAMU has made him the top athletic mind. So Larry Robinson, you did a good job, I think. Uh, stay with us. We'll be right back with the Pittman Point right after this. Listening to the Sean Pittman Show. It's time for Pittman's Point. Welcome back to the Sean Pittman Show, and we certainly want to thank the new FAMU Athletic Director, Courtney Gaucher. Man, what a great, great guy. And I got to tell you, I liked what the president had to say when he was talking about Courtney uh, when announcing uh, that he was the new AD. He said, we don't have to fight no more. This is the man. So, Courtney, thanks for coming on, and we wish you the best of best of luck from the Sean Pittman Show. But now it's time for the Pittman Point. Let me start by saying that I know a lot of us are tired of hearing about this impeachment stuff. The proceedings have been going on for months now, and just this week, the House Judiciary Committee voted to send the impeachment articles to the full House of Representatives for a full vote. But we know that we are getting tired of it because the entire process is polling lower and lower every day. It's starting to become unpopular to impeach this president. Imagine that. But let me remind you, and let me remind all of us of how many decisions over the course of our nation's history were unpopular at the time, but ended up being critical to moving this nation forward. If the American people were supposed to vote on abolishing slavery, it would not have passed a vote. If it was up to the populace uh, to pass the Voting Rights Act or the Civil Rights Act or the 19th Amendment allowing women the right to vote, those crucial things, uh, they would never have passed a full vote. And those things today might not have ever happened. Take Brown v. Board of Education. That wasn't popular. The court had to do that. So the Pittman point today is to our elected officials, do what is right for this country, not just what is easy. 
even when the headwinds of popular opinion may seem uh, to be shifting against you. This is the kind of decision that must be made, not because it's the popular decision, but because it must be made in order for us to hold on to the basis of what this country was founded on. No one individual is above the law. We cannot set the dangerous precedent that presidents can seek foreign interference in our elections in exchange for aid. We cannot set a precedent that presidents can get foreign interference to help them win elections. We cannot allow our president to obstruct the work of Congress, which is an equal branch of government, equal branch of the democracy, by the way. It's time for those making these decisions to think about the next generation and not just the next election. This has been the Sean Pittman Show. I know it ain't easy, but I'll see you in seven.